all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Medical Director for UMMC's Center for the Advancement of Youth. Cancer, a diagnosis that changes your life. Whether you're the affected or the loved one, the emotional impact can affect your life forever. Studies have shown that the caregiver's state of mind can make a difference in the mental health of those affected. Tell us how you have dealt with the diagnosis of cancer, whether you're the diagnosed, a friend, a caregiver, or a loved one. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about a difficult topic, but something that I think is really important for us to all talk about because we are all affected by the diagnosis of cancer. It's a diagnosis that changes your life. Whether you're the affected or the loved one, the emotional impact can really affect your life forever. Now, studies have shown that the caregiver's state of mind, uh, that's a loved one, the person around, can make a difference in the mental health of those affected. So let's talk about how you've dealt with the diagnosis of cancer, whether you're the diagnosed, a friend, a caregiver, or a loved one. I want to hear what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one 800 one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Wow. Yeah. As I was preparing for this show, I have to tell you that some um, sadness came over me just thinking about um, the many individuals in my life who have been affected by this. Um, friends and family that I've lost. Um, I have so very many experiences over the years, as many of you have. Um, I want to tell you uh, my story uh, about my first really up-close and personal dealing um, with cancer, and that was um, my sister's cancer. Uh, she was diagnosed over 21 years ago. Now, certainly I'd had other family members and friends um, diagnosed prior to that, but this one just hit me so hard. This is one of my baby sisters. Um, she was pregnant at the time, and her prognosis was terrible. 
Um, so, of course, as a physician, as a, a sister and a physician, I, I jumped on a plane and I ran over there um, to be the supportive person I wanted to be. And I know I didn't do everything right. I, I know I did some good stuff, but, um, you know, we went through that very, very, very difficult time. And um, as as her life would have it, she came out on the other end and 20... One, 22 years later, she is healthy and happy and doing well. But I can tell you um, the, the, what went on with the family during that period. Lots of siblings we have. There are eight of us. Lots of siblings and lots of other relatives who were lending support, sometimes saying the right stuff, sometimes saying the very wrong thing you could possibly say. Um, and so got through that. But um, since then, we've had many um, family members, cousins diagnosed, my husband, so many friends. And most recently in our um, church community, lost two very good friends um, to cancer. So the impacts of cancer on family, friends, children, um, can can be pretty profound, um, not just the person diagnosed, but everyone around. And um, serious illness, whether it's cancer or something else very serious, um, can affect couple relationships, your family life, your friendships. Sometimes the illness brings families closer together. Sometimes it creates distance and the impact of cancer on family often depends on things such as um, who it is in the family that's ill, um, the age of children involved, um, whether or not there's a good support structure out there. Um, the other thing that happens when one is diagnosed with cancer, it often changes uh, your perspective. It, it makes individuals who have been diagnosed look at life differently. Now, I haven't been through that, but um, from my relationships with others and my dealings with others, I've certainly seen that um, many times individuals go through a sort of life-changing perspective, um, what, sometimes very good, sometimes not so good. And, and so why do some people um, deal with it differently? It's because we're all different. And so um, how one person deals with it may not be the best thing for them, and they may need help. And as we move through this show, I hope you'll call in and let us know um, what you think you did right if you were one of those diagnosed with cancer, what you think maybe you didn't do so right. Or um, let us hear from you about um, whether or not you feel like some people were supportive in the right kind of way. Or some of the things that you just never want to hear again come out of anybody's mouth. And, and we know those, those comments, thoughts, things happen when um, something negative happens to you. And uh, sometimes it's not 
Um, most of the time, it's not meant in a negative way, but we sometimes say things that we shouldn't or do things that we shouldn't or, or give previous stories that perhaps do not help anything at all. So I need help from you. Um, like I said, I prepared for the show. I went through many thoughts myself about how I've dealt with this. And certainly in my professional life, um, have have dealt with individuals who have had to deal with very um, difficult situations. But I want to hear from you about what your thoughts are, how how cancer affected your life and how you were able to deal with it. What really worked and what really um, did not? What did you find that was helpful as you were struggling through the diagnosis and the treatment? So it's not just the diagnosis. It's then having to go through often a very difficult treatment that makes you feel tired, makes you feel bad, um, perhaps changes your mood, um, and you become someone that um, you maybe are not even happy with yourself. What did people do or say that wasn't helpful? And um, what do you think listeners need to know so they won't do it uh, to others? So there's no right way to relate to cancer. Like I said, moods can vary greatly. And often um, with the diagnosis of cancer, Sometimes not only the individual, but the loved one next to you, the loved one who perhaps is leaning on you for support, goes through that grief reaction, often denial and anger, and then fear and anxiety and sadness, um, or maybe even guilt um, about what's going on. So give us a call. Let us hear from you. That's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. You know, it's the most important thing um, about all of this is to con- confront your feelings and deal with them. And you may be right in the middle of this at this very moment. And so one message I want to send out to you is that you shouldn't suppress feelings. Um, You should confront them, try to handle them. Um, That's the only way often you can step through this. And er like I said, everyone deals with this in his or her Um, her own way and you know some unload them through um, getting more active trying to do things more others um, manage it by talking about it constantly and feeling like they need to share their thoughts and others um, often play it very close to the vest and and want to work it out themselves before they start sharing a lot with others and like I said there's no right way. But what you need to do is know what's best for you and your loved ones. And to do that, many times you, you, you need a little bit of help. You need to share. 
um, because the the illness alone can sort of stretch emotional resources of of everybody. And so you want to make sure that as you're working through that, that you're using other resources that you can. You're helping people as you best can and moving forward in a, a positive manner. So we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll talk um, a little bit about ways other people perhaps have dealt with it. Like I said, I really want to hear from you because I think for us to really get the conversation going, we need to know what others have experienced as they've moved through cancer, the diagnosis of cancer, and how it's affected you, your family, or perhaps how you watched on the sidelines as you saw it affect others. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. Today we're talking about a difficult topic, cancer, and how it affects you, your friends, your family. Um, the people surrounding you, if you're diagnosed, um, you as a family member or a friend or a loved one, if you are trying to help the individual that you love so much uh, make it through uh, this very difficult diagnosis. Some people who have cancer find that their circle of friends changes during the illness, and it might be for a variety of reasons. As we move through the show, we'll talk about that um, because that, too, can be a huge part of how you deal with it, whether you are the one diagnosed or you are the one um, watching from the side trying to do something. All right. Well, let's, let's go to our first caller because, like I said, I think we really, really need to, to have some input from our listeners because I can tell you one story after another that I've dealt with um, as the one who is around the diagnosed individual. But I, I really want to hear your thoughts as we move through. Um, we're going to Janie in Memphis. Good morning, Janie. Thanks for calling. Hey. Hey. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly. Um. Of course, I'm driving through Mississippi right now, and um, I probably am going to hit a dead spot any second. But um, my best friend died August 2nd of um, breast cancer, um, metastatic, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry and, for your um, loss. I know that's hard, no I matter know. what. Well, listen, yeah, yeah there, there are so many people that I've talked to that have had this experience Um but I had the um, the pleasure of driving across country with her, um, bringing awareness to metastatic breast cancer. Um, 
And that was an amazing experience. Wow. And watching her, she had a degree in social work. Um, and with metastatic branch cancer, she went through the country and was talking to women who had just been diagnosed with breast cancer, who had just maybe had um, treatment. But um, you were talking about the circle of friends, and she, one of the things that she spoke about was the circle of um, of help and how the person in the center is the one with the breast cancer, and then the ones right outside are like husband and or you know immediate family members. Right. Have you? Could you talk more about that for the listeners? Because it it was an amazing circle to be in um, as far as how much you can grieve with that person and give them support, you know, and then the farther away of the circle is the, do you you know about that? Right, the concentric circle, sort of the ripple effect of support. Yes, uh, yes. And that is, uh, what a brave, wonderful friend you had in, Mm. in her. Um, yeah. how how wonderful for her in her last days to be able to travel around and work to help other people know how to live and support each other, right? right. So before yeah. before I talk further about that, why don't you talk to us about how you, you felt as that friend, what a supportive, wonderful friend you were um, well, to drive with her. Well, it was amazing, and at the end, I thought my arms were going to fall off. But um, <laughs> she's a horrible she she was a horrible driver. <laughs> we were meant to drive like fifty fifty, but after the first rest stop, I, I like hopped in the driver's seat, and she's like, "Oh, it's my turn to drive." And I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> you know, you you do your work, and and I'm just going to drive because she really is a bad driver, so so bad. But I forgot about that. <laughs> but um. Part of the trip was not just to bring awareness to metastatic breast cancer, but it was to, it was through an organization called Metaviver. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them, metaviver.org. No. And um, they were giving scholarships to the scientists around the country. They started in the East Coast. We went all the way to uh, San Francisco, and they give money to... um, scientists who are looking to render metastatic breast cancer kind of like AIDS, which uh-huh. you, know, you rarely die of AIDS anymore, or diabetes, you know, looking at different drugs that are already available and seeing how they can attack each type of breast cancer, whether it's breast cancer in your brain or in your lungs or in your bones or, um, but uh, I learned so much on that trip, um, but I learned a lot. The last uh, couple weeks of her life, I was able to fly to her and take care of her and give support to her husband and her son. And that was probably the hardest thing I ever did. I bet. Um, she had not making the choice to stop chemo but the chemo was killing her. Mm-hmm. And every day to try to get her to take a nipple of a, of a cracker in order to take that medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching her husband drain her lungs. I mean, like the stuff she did to stay alive 
because she was such a fighter and she was teeny tiny, by the way. I felt tall next to her and I'm only five foot one. But, um, Sounds like she was a powerhouse, but it is very wearing on the caregiver, especially as you're trying to stay up and stay positive. um, Yes, and like you were saying in the very beginning of your show, that you you did some things well and you said some of the wrong things. Um, I was privy to conversations between her and her doctors and her husband and her son. And sitting there, I felt so blessed um, to, uh, to have that experience, to sit there with them and to talk to the doctor about what her odds were mm-hmm. and what the treatment was doing to her. And to tr- once they hung up, to try to know, you know, how long I stay in the kitchen, make cleaning dishes, you know, and then when to walk back out and to hold their hand and to, right. um, that, yeah. was, that was hard. That's really hard. Um, and so, you know, I hope that you were able to get some support, too, because emotionally that is a very wonderful position to be in um, because you're getting to experience those last days of support with your friend. But at the same time, it's a very, very difficult position to be in. And so many yeah. times I think yeah. the caregivers don't realize how much support they also need. Um, and and that's um, one of those important things to do. Seek seek help. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I will say that what we'll do, I have um, at the end of some the, the show some national support um, websites, and then we have um, some local at our Cancer Institute at UMC. We've got some good support there, too. So uh, I want us everybody to know that if you have questions, then then reach out. But um, but Janie, um, your your concentric uh, circle of support are the spokes of a wheel. However, um, people like to talk about it. I think um, everybody listening out there knows that you you can't always be the the one like you, Janie, who who is in the middle of it all, listening to the doctors, um, giving the the spouse or the kids the support that they need. But um, you might be um, somebody who is a, a friend from work. You might be a churchgoer with that individual. You might be a club member, and you know them, and you want to be supportive, but you're not uh, sure what to do. But there's several different things that can be done as you're moving along. So that that center support also then needs that peripheral support because you, Janie, or others like you need other people um, supporting them, and, and, and it keeps going further out. So it's a ripple effect from whatever um, type. Right cancer right. you're dealing with. Do you have any more to say about that, Janie? Well, um, just a, just kind of a funny, she had a just a biting sense of humor. I mean, just she had a fantastic sense of humor. And the day she called me and said, hey, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I feel a lump. I'm you know, biopsied. I'm actually, you know, on the way. I remember the, 
the conversation so vividly, and um, she outlived her diagnosis. Uh, she had lived 15, almost 15 years. Um, and uh, remember, you know, I started crying. She's like, hey, go Google the centric circle thing, and you're not supposed to cry to me, okay? <laughs> That's to, hard, isn't it? Yeah. Husband. Yeah, she's like, I'm supposed to cry to you. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay, I'm say that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Okay, okay, I'm going to be better next time. Yeah. You know? So when she did actually call me back and say, it is cancer, we're going, I'm like, hey, I'm not crying. I'm doing well. I'm not crying. So uh, it was kind of a joke. That, right. Um, but that's exactly I'm kind right. Of a yeah. And you know, sometimes you can't help yourself. And and honestly, I would I would love to hear from someone who is dealing with cancer right now and see. Um, I know you you don't want someone to just be sad around you. And um, as as your good friend was saying, uh, you go cry to somebody else. Let me cry to you. But but again, that's not always the wrong reaction. And and so I would love to hear from Janie. Thanks so much for starting oh, the conversation. Thank you for my call. I love your show. Uh, and even though I do live in Memphis, I'm in Mississippi a lot. And uh, I listen to your show as much as I can. So thank you. Just wanted to say thanks. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling, Janie. And Bye-bye. and what a wonderful friend, Janie. Janie was to that great friend of hers, and what a brave person to go out around the country. So what what we need, I want to hear more um, from you about how you, uh, what you did, how you supported, or maybe how you felt like um, you ended up uh, getting some good advice from your friend who had cancer, or... um, if you're in the middle of cancer, talk to us about it. Talk talk about what you need. Um, or if you're a survivor, uh, what was the best thing that you got? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and this is Relatively Speaking. And today we're talking about a pretty tough topic, cancer and how it affects you, your family, whether you're the diagnosed or the loved one, um, how have you dealt with it? What have you done? Have you used that circle of friends to help? Um, and we talked about that that circle of friends may change. Um, and how do you deal with that as you're moving along? 
So let's go on back to the phones. Um, we have Jason in Mississippi somewhere. Hi, Jason. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> Hi. How are you doing? Doing great. I know this is a tough topic. I appreciate you calling in and sharing with us today. It is a very tough topic. Um, I'm 44 years old, and I lost my mother to breast cancer when I was 22. I think she was diagnosed around when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough. Sorry for your loss. I took off somewhere to go to Harvard Summer School, uh, planned to go to med school and do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, we realized the dire situation she was in, and I moved back and... Uh, We underwent treatment and had about another year with her. Uh huh. And then we lost her. And it broke my world apart. Mm-hmm. And tore my life to shreds. I'm so and sorry. None of us have barely been the same. So, Jason, how long ago was that? Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Long time ago. She must have been a very wonderful woman. Um, And, you know, it, right. Do you feel like you did um, everything you could to support her as she was moving through her cancer treatment? Or do you have any regrets about that? No, no. No, uh, you know, when when she could taste food throughout her chemo treatments, I would come home and grill her a big filet mignon and uh, and do all that. Right. Um, we had no, you know, we had a chance to speak at the very end and tell each other how much we loved each other, and she had that chance with the whole family. Good. And... Uh, yeah. I just want I just want there to be more seriousness with women about this. I don't care if you're thirty years old, go get a mammogram. I hear I you you just don't want anybody to ever have it missed again, is what you're saying. I don't want anybody ever to have to go through but I have gone through. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not the same person, and it just broke me. Yeah. Well, okay, Jason, um, I hope you don't mind. And, you know, I have a reputation of just saying it like it is, so I'm going to say it like it is for you right now. Um, I know the loss of a mother is a terrible thing and devastating, Um, I also agree that we want women to take good care of themselves. Having a mammogram at at 30, by the way, is not recommended. Um, There's quite a bit of research going on with breast cancer right now, and I I think everybody's trying to make sure that early discovery happens, and, and, and following all the recommendations is absolutely the way to go. But, but Jason, I want to come back to you. 
because it sounds like um, you have um, not been able to recover from this loss. And first of all, you know, you know, this is not what your mother wanted for you. This is not what she would have if she had her wishes. And I'm pretty sure that um, she stated that to you. So my my hope is that you go to you seek professional help for this because you really do need to work through this so so that you can move forward and and have a, a good life. Um, you don't have regrets about what you did for her. You went home when she was diagnosed. You went to take care of her. You were there for her, and she would have done the same thing for you. So now, I know this is easy for me to say, but the very best thing you can do for yourself and everybody around you is to go seek professional help. Um, and so I, that I, you may have heard this before, um, but but honestly, Jason, you you really need to do this. I hear it in your voice. Nobody needs to stay broken like you say you are, and I want you to get fixed. So if you want to send a. a a message to family at mpbonline.org. If you need someone to talk to, I hope you will um, let me know that further and let me let me help you get some help. Um, I see your area code and I can I can um, link you up to help that you need. Okay, I will do that. Okay, Jason, thank you so much for calling and thanks for listening. And and I, I hope you'll follow through with that. All right? All right. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, listeners, I I think that um, Jason just um, told us a, a, a story about something that we know has affected so very many. And so it's it's often not the person who has the cancer um, that is only affected. We know that it's it's that ripple effect, just like the concentric circles of support. You also have the concentric circles of effect, and of course, the people who are most effective affected are those individuals who are in that tightest circle closest to the individual. And there are lots of things that go through your mind. Um, we'll talk about those in a minute. But I, I really want others to give us a call and and jump in. Maybe some some advice um, to Jason. What you did? How how did you learn to help yourself? Or or maybe some other thoughts about how you've been affected and how difficult it is for you. Um, let's talk. That's the only way you can get through things. Sometimes is just to put it out there. Um, as you're moving along. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or like I said, you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. You know, as there's so many questions after a diagnosis that come to mind, it preys on the cancer patients. Um, minds, and it also preys on the relatives and close friends' minds. 
will will he recover? Will I recover? Um, what do you say to somebody who has cancer? How can I be a support? What can I do? Should I say anything out loud? Should I talk about it? Or should I pretend that everything's just like it was? Would that work? A lot of people feel that they're reacting and thinking about it wrongly. And like we talked about at the beginning of this, it's it's often different um, for individuals. So what's right for one person might not be right for another. Um, you might have a person who is used to sharing and they want to share, but you may have someone who doesn't. They just want you to sit there and be with them. So um, asking, asking what you can do sometimes is a good thing to do, um, especially if you're very close to them. If you're not very close, saying, um, what can I bring or what can I do? Many times a person is not going to reach out. So for you to figure out what you need to do, I know there's some groups out there. Um, there's some good, um, social groups out there who have figured out how to handle it when a friend um, or an extended friend, one of those not really close friends, how do you help out? What do you do? Um, We'll talk about some suggestions as we move along, but I think you just need to remember each person faces the crisis in his or uh, her own way, and it sometimes um, takes a while before you're ready to completely take in the fact that you really do have a serious illness. Um, Sometimes people make mistakes in dealing with it in the wrong way, like working harder, um, pushing friends off, um, drinking alcohol or using drugs, trying to sort of put it out of their mind. Not the right thing to do. So let's talk about some of the right ways you can deal with it. I want to hear from you, um, whether you know the right ways or you're asking for help. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 I'd like to hear from you if you're one of those um, people who perhaps have... Uh, have known people who are having difficulty recovering? Do you have any advice after they've had a loss of someone with cancer? Or perhaps if you're an individual who had the diagnosis of cancer, you're, you're well now, you're recovered, you're down the road from your cancer, but some of the things that you saw along the road to recovery, what happened? Um, You know, did you find that you were disappointed maybe um, in the way some people responded? Or did you feel like there was some shining light in what you got from individuals? Um, Would love to hear from you. So what I'm going to do, we've got all open phone lines, so I want you to give us a call at that. 1877 MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the advice for relatives and friends of people with cancer, and we'll talk about some of the supports that are around us in our state, also. So 
to be able to support the person with cancer as best you can. Sometimes just a simple presence is all that's needed. But when we come back, we'll talk about more. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we've been talking about cancer, the, the difficulty that friends and relatives have when they are trying to be supportive to one they love who is dealing with cancer, um, and then dealing with the loss. Um, we've heard from, from two callers who, who dealt with the loss, one of a close friend, one one of his mother. And, um, you know, let's, let's go back uh, to Jason because I think some advice for the relatives and friends of, of people who are dealing with those loved ones uh, with cancer um, is so very important. Um, and, and if you have any thoughts, give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I'd love to hear from you before the end of the show. Um, but but Jason brought up um, a couple of points, and um, you know I, I think we need to remember that many times those who are supporting, like Jason, um, he he was going to school at Harvard. He was planning on going to medical school. He dropped his career. He he dropped it to come home and and be there with his mother. Um, so he lost not just his mother in the end, but he, he lost a, a big part of his future. So so dealing with sort of a double whammy, a double loss, and I know Jason never said um, that, that that was the hard part. The loss of his mother obviously was a hard part. But um, what we have to remember is sometimes there is giving up other things as you're moving along. Did he have to do that? No, he didn't. Um, was it hard for him to regroup after the loss, obviously? And that's what happens so many times. Because what happens is you get into that close center of support, but you don't have that external concentric support that you need. And so, again, I just want to say any of you listeners out there who haven't been able to call in... um, because you just don't have the strength. Remember that um, it is sometimes more than the, the loss of that individual, but the loss of the way life was. Um, I can remember when my father died. I just have to tell you this story. Um, missed him so much. And um, I uh, 
went along, though, went along with my life. Uh, didn't have a big life change. But um, a few months afterwards, something great happened to me. Um, I got invited to do something I was so excited about, uh, an international talk. And I thought, oh, I'm going to call Dad. And then I thought, oh, I can't call Dad. And that was one of those very, very difficult realizations that um, still hurts when I even think about it. So I get it. You hear me. I've been on the edge. This has been a difficult show for me in many ways. So I appreciate all of you being there and listening. So we have a caller, and I'm going to go to um, an anonymous caller right now who who wants to share. Thank you for calling in. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Certainly. Um, I lost my husband uh, seven years ago. Uh, he had lung cancer. I'm sorry, still jokes. I understand. And uh, I don't have um, family. Uh, and uh, but what I do is I, I just um, appreciate uh, everything he's done for me. And uh, I just uh, want to. I just want to live the way he wants me to live. And I don't want to be ashamed. Um, and so he's supporting me, and I'm talking to him um, morning and night, and uh, just telling what's going on. And uh, and uh, um, he was a very strong person, and um, so I don't. I want him to me to be, uh, and I and I'm just doing one day at a time, and um, I, I'm 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 fine. I'm sorry, still um, be emotional, but um, I'm doing well. But I, I can't share with the story with anybody because um, individual has a different way. But I'm very uh, I'm thankful that I can handle myself. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for calling, and I'm so sorry about your loss. It sounds like he was a real love of your life. But, yeah. you know, now you've said something that hopefully will help others. Um, you know that your husband wanted you to, one, be strong and to go on with your life, and you're yeah. working hard to do that. And, you know, I think many of us believe that just because someone – is is gone from the earth, perhaps they're still around us in spirit. Yeah. And so allowing yourself to share your thoughts with him are fine. Yeah. That's good. And I think that's helpful. But I would also encourage you to, um, you said you can't talk to others about it. You know, sometimes you can. It Sometimes comfort is talking to others about the beautiful pieces of your relationship that you had with your husband, just being able to share what a good person he was, or sometimes just being able to let them know what kind of strength you were able to gain from having a loss but knowing that you needed to move on. And so um, think about that. And yes. You know, (laughs) also reach out to just support groups out there who might uh, be able to just listen. Um, As I was preparing for this show, I I called our 
UMC's Cancer Institute, um, and I um, got a lovely lady, Janice Johnson, on the phone at the Resource Center, and um, she, I asked her, I said, what can people do? Who should they call? And and so I want to give out her number, because she said I could. It's 601 601- Eight one five three five seven two. She said she'd be happy to direct you to perhaps some resources that are out there. Um, there are other um, support groups and online services um, that um, online cancer survivors network um, with the um, American Cancer Society, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the American Lung Association also has some on- online support. And we'll put these on our Facebook. I want everybody to know I, I don't want you to be out there feeling um, alone, do you do you feel like um, that that you have other people around you who who can give you that hug when you need it? I think I'm functioning very well. Uh-huh. Uh, nobody can imagine that my sadness is still here because I, I'm I'm doing normal, and it, it's not, I'm not pretending. Uh-huh. But but the sadness will never <laughs> goes away. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm. I think I'm okay. But um, I appreciate the information, so I'll keep up this uh, information if I need it. I'll reach out. Okay. Well, yes. thank you so much for calling. Thank and, you very much. You know, I, I I want to just say again what you said. The sadness of the loss probably never goes away. But if you can, um, we've talked about this before on this show in the past. Um, sometimes journaling, writing down all those wonderful positive things that were there, um, sharing it with others um, can be very helpful. If you, though, feel sad and depressed all the time, that means you need to seek professional help because even though you get sad, like I did earlier in the show, that you lost somebody important to you, if you can't go on with life and deal with day-to-day life and, and not cry all the time, then you really, really do need some help. All right. Now, in the last few seconds of this, I want to just give you a few quick tips on ways you can help people if you're not going to be sitting by their bedside all the time. You can be a point person. Serve as a central figure to coordinate volunteer efforts to help that person out. Deliver food. Don't insist on seeing the person when you're delivering it because they may be tired and not able, not up to seeing someone. So um, maybe set up a cooler outside their house. Run errands for them. Do chores. Offer child care. Um, Do research. Help them find other resources that might be out there. Uh, Be a treatment buddy. Offer to drive them. Send um, cards, um, candles, bubble baths, and then offer that companionship Um, and prayer. Uh, Offer prayer. If they're one who believes in prayer, offer to do it for them if you too. Thanks, everybody. Today's show is engineered by Jay White, our call screener, Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.